Welcome to Hospitality Meets with me, Phil Street, where we take a light-hearted look into the stories and individuals that make up the wonderful world of hospitality. Today's guest is Simon Lewis, Operations Manager for HIT Training in the UK. Coming up on today's show, Simon conjures up some warm and fuzzy moments from his childhood. This little boy skipping along with his, with his basket, collecting the eggs in the morning. We all wonder how we ended up talking about this. And in the, in the meantime, you can still have the odd day of working from home in your bumblebee pyjamas. And Simon wins the award for the most original sentence on the show so far. Within about 15 minutes, I had a, well, I would say 15 minutes after the sheep were put back in. All that and so much more as Simon talks us through his story and journey to date, along with some hilarious anecdotes from his life so far. Don't forget to give us a like and a share across your favourite social channels. Enjoy. Hello and welcome to the next edition of Hospitality Meets with me, Phil Street. Today, I'm joined by someone from the world of training and development, a fellow and committee member at the Institute of Hospitality London, an advisory board member at Springboard UK, uh, operations manager at HIT Training, uh, which is what he does for a day job, I can't even say this, prolific pantomime performer and all-round nice guy, Simon Lewis. Welcome to the show. Oh, thank you, my love. Prolific pantomime performer. That was a lot of P's all in one sentence. Yeah, I didn't realise that as I wrote that. Uh, <laughs> that actually, um, saying it was going to be the greatest challenge of my day. How are you? But, you all right? Yeah, great. How are you doing? Do you know what? Feeling all right now. I mean, it's a bit dreary outside. And I'm just getting used to the fact of all my different Zoom meetings that you end up doing. And anybody who hasn't been through the stage yet where you've spent a day in your pyjamas and your Homer Simpson slippers, then you're lying. Because we know, you know, you know yeah. that everybody's <laughs> actually done it. Or when someone turns around and they say, oh, yeah, my, oh, I, my camera's not working. And, and you're like, Really? Really, that means yeah. you're not you're not dressed, are you? You've only just got up. <laughs> and and ironically, before as if we're knowing for coming on here with you, I was like, I was like, oh yeah, make sure I do my hair. And I'm like, Simon, what are you doing? What what why 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 are you trying to smarten yourself up? No one can see you. <laughs> Isn't it weird? Yeah, indeed. No, absolutely. Well, I the um I went early, very early on into using this uh, platform that I use, which is not video orientated, because obviously it's not a video content that I'm I'm churning out. Uh, what are you saying? Are you saying I've got a face for radio? I, I say that about myself all the time. So, <laughs> so, yes, and we're in good company. <laughs> Fair play. Good, good, good shout. Yeah. So, yeah, well, maybe you could th- kick things off by, by giving us a, a rough overview of who you are and what you do. Oh, so I don't know if I can beat that lovely introduction that you just gave me. Um, but yeah, hello. My name's, my name's, oh, it feels like, oh, do you know what this, this feels like? I feel like I'm on a dating site. I like this. So really? hello, my name's Simon. I am 40 years old. <laughs> you didn't have to say that actually, but, um, but there well, we are. Well, I thought I'd throw it in there. Yeah. I work out regularly, no, and also for a day job. Um, I, yeah, so I work as the operations manager for, well, one of the operations managers for HIT Training. And I'm responsible for overseeing the company's business operations, uh, hence in terms within the title. I work really closely in partnership with our head of quality and head of curriculum. And my job role is pretty much is making sure that what we do is consistent across the country for our learner journey in line with what our business partners need from us. And looking at at different sort of ideas and different concepts of what we can do in terms of to support the industries that we work with. So if you look sort of like for 
most recently is things like for so where we've been work I've been working on some projects around preparing apprentices for the post pandemic and the future of hospitality. Yeah. So looking at different things that people can do. So principles of infection control, awareness for first aid, customer service in the new world, managing change, building resilience. So uh, looking at ways the, the as an organisation that we can adapt our learning. I'd love to take all the credit for doing this, but we've got a lot of people in, in the background that actually do a lot of the work as well. Yeah. How, however, I, I, I don't mind saying it. <laughs> yeah. um, but, but, but it's about, about preparing people and, and their business for our post-COVID future really um and starting to look at sort of, sort of projects like that so that's that's just just a, a a short glimpse in terms of the last couple of weeks basically yeah. so not only are you uh, a, a trainer of of people you are an you're now a futurist because you've kind of you've had to come up with training ideas based around a concept that none of us really know what the other side looks like Absolutely. And, and, I, and I think that well, I'm, I'm quite lucky with the organisation that we work with because we've got a sister company called Connect to Care, um, who've always worked in terms of with mental health and working across the care industry. So working in partnership with those guys is brilliant. So that because in terms of the, I mean, hospitality has always had infection control, but then taking it to a whole new level and really understanding that drawing in on on other people within the business is, is just great and you know and it's, and it's great to be able to learn new things yeah absolutely so give us a, a, a kind of a rough guide as to the sorts of things that you that you train and also you know what you generally are, are, are doing at the moment as a company so our main delivery is around um, apprenticeship programs and being able to um, support and develop people through the industry. Um, so anything from somebody who wants to start out as a chef, we run a number of uh, chef academies uh, when we get back to doing them for face-to-face -face. right here, right now. We are delivering um, the same quality product but online so we've got a number of master classes that we've been delivering we do interactive online workshops uh, I only looked today and in one day alone there was about 19 different workshops that were just being ran today across the sectors so including things like for customer service management and leadership understanding shellfish I can't think off the top of my head what they, they all were but there's but again, so so a huge array in terms of for, for, for different things that are available on, on that there. We've also been looking at our new employment support programme uh, for hospitality and retail. And, that, and that's basically is because, um, unfortunately, with, with what's happened in the background, we know that there's a number of uh, workers who've recently been made redundant. Mm. Understanding how difficult it is, and it's, it can be quite stressful at these, these sort of times. So what we did was we put together a redundancy support programme. Right. For re-entering the world of work again, post-COVID-19, helping to boost CVs, preparing for online interviews as part of the programme. Then also, again, looking at customer service, most important, which is about um, the uh, prevention and control of infection, uh, managing change and actually building resilience. And so that, yeah, so that, that sort of that sort of encompasses just some some of the stuff that we've been looking at been looking at a number in terms of for different job boards of looking at for people for coming back for people who want to join the industry in the future 
So, you know, there's almost like 11,000 11, or different people who actually want to join, you know, in terms with the industry for the future. Don't quote me on, on the actual number because it might be more, it might be slightly less, but, but you know, we're looking in, you know, tens of thousands of people here who, who still want, would want to come into the industry. And as an industry, we've done such a, a big job. And I say we, that's collectively in terms of with, with everybody across, across the sector, in terms, including the brilliant job that UK hospitality have done in terms of with raising the profile for hospitality. Yeah. And the knockback in terms of for, for now for, as an industry is it's important that we play our part as an organisation in terms of for, for supporting young people that still want to come into the industry, looking at how, you know, we work very closely with Springboard, but working with schools and looking at, again, how we can now re-educate in terms of people, looking at in terms of for, um, we've got a number of, of short courses that we run and again for free for people that want to still want to maybe sort of join the industry but want a taste of they want to know what it's like so like uh, so not a full-on sort of food safety but sort of some of the basics and getting people re-energized uh, really energized in terms of, and wanting to come and join the sector because at the moment you know so if you look at the press and even over the last sort of few weeks is you know from an outside point of view, you can say, well, there were this, these pubs that were closed, that were opened. So they were, so pubs, let's start there again. You've got pubs, which and, and our in and the hotel, you've got the hospitality put, industry. Put your teeth in, Simon. I know, I'm like, <laughs> we've got the hospitality industry that was the first to close. Yeah. And then the last to reopen, or one of the last now to reopen. So we've got so many and again so over the week uh, you know recently over the last sort of like for the weekends and so where we've got places that have opened and again then where you start to see in terms of outbreaks of the virus in in pockets of areas it's not everywhere and the interesting thing with that is is that and again some people will read one article and they'll think that that's absolutely everywhere yeah and i look in terms of you know the the local boozer down the road from me really cute little country pub and they've done an absolutely amazing job good clear sort of flow system for, for, for so making sure that the social distancing is upheld making sure that it's not over capacity in terms of in their beer garden and you know there's there's, there's no cases there and and they've listened to the advice listened to the guidance and they, they've they've made a huge huge difference and again you know i look, I look in terms of our colleagues that work at, for, have been working really hard at looking at how they can get the hotels reopened and and the measures that are being put into place in the background of following in terms of the guidance and rebuilding um, customers to, to come back in. And the press doesn't always help in terms of the fact when it can be quite negative about us, our sector. So it's important uh, and sure. again, that collectively that we all work together and to and, and we actually, you know, we, we, what's it called? Instagram. I'm not down with the kids. So we, uh, we do the, the old in, in Instagram of, of the, the places that, that we've been to. If I was cool enough, I would do that, but I'm not. To tweet about, again, places that we've been to, the good times that we've had. Um, to, and again, to take those photographs of that, that social distancing. And that's not about showing off as an individual. That's about showing off and supporting and marketing these businesses that are reopened, that are doing it safely. And to show that, you know, they, they places have got a limit might have limited menus or a different service style but it's just different and definitely to check it out and because you will have a good time and it is a good experience so yeah. you know that, that, that that's the type of thing and I think that you know if every single person talks about somewhere that they've been and a great experience that we've had that that word of mouth of, of hospitality was, is the most powerful absolutely so what you're basically saying is it's your duty to get out into the pubs and restaurants of the world and uh, and enjoy their wares and and share that with the world as to 
all of look at all of the good stuff that's happening. I mean, ab- ab- absolutely, you know, and I- I'm down for a gin and tonic with anyone. Yeah, <laughs> I didn't know that about you, yeah. <laughs> I mean, really? <laughs> I... Or, or, or a, gl- a glass of wine or a beer or two. Yeah. No, I I completely agree with you on the point of the the media though. I, the um I think there there's been quite a, all the way through this, and maybe it was very prevalent beforehand as well that there's there's been a lot of irresponsible headline making, and even just this morning there was this headline about you know pubs close after you know three days after reopening. The headline itself makes it sound like all pubs are closing, but mm-hmm. across the UK they were talking about three pubs. And there's always going to be isolated, localized incidents on the back of something like this. So to come up with headlines like that, I just think is really, really poor. And yeah. they've, for me, they've they've basically just become peddlers of failure. That's that's all they all they care about is is reporting on failure. And it's unfair, actually, on the on the because it doesn't make as good a headline of no. the dog and duck down the road has done a really good job in terms of with what they were doing because it's yeah. a, you know it's not it's not as gripping and as as exciting and all I kind of think is it, it will move on to something else soon enough and like I say is, is is that if people can just constantly just share their good news stories and the great things that go on actually those types of things that, that can be celebrated and that's why I think as an industry we're really lucky with our trade magazine so with the caterer, for example, that they they do a really good job of actually of of celebrating I agree. our industry and 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 celebrating in terms of uh, and and putting out there in terms of the different things that we actually do. Yep. And like I say, things like for UK hospitality, and there's a number of different people um, and professional leaders that have appeared. I've seen you know, on a regular basis the from the BII that have appeared on, on the news talking about this is pre-opening and, and here's what we're now doing in terms of with opening. And, and it's it's push, pushing the story in terms of it in the right way for, for, for what, what we need to do. And basically is that actually is that our industry is is an amazing one to be in. It, I, it, I'm, it makes me so proud. I absolutely love everything about hospitality. I've, I've, and I've not actually works in any other sector it's something that I've always known it's something that I've always done and it's so important that other people get that feel and also and even if people don't work in the industry that that they still carry on going out and actually and, and experiencing and book into a local B&B if it is going to be to go down to the beach I'm not talking in terms of the big crowds that we had at Bournemouth only a few weeks ago mm. but in terms of for mm. a social distancing and supporting the local ice cream van get you know getting a bag of fish and chip oh my god now you're getting sort of food mm. oh. um, so yeah so you know being able to or and you know and, and popping somewhere for a beer going somewhere for lunch I make myself sound like all, all I'm actually all I should do is eat and drink but it's but that you know hospitality is just is one of those sectors that literally that, that it's just it's just something that once once someone's experienced you wouldn't want to to not come out of so yeah. when when anybody sort of says to me about being so for a career in hospitality i would say you can get these are the skills that you can use in any any single job but if you look at something like a lawyer will train to persuade someone an engineer will be trained to fix something anybody who works in hospitality is somebody who can make you happy and that's that's what hospitality is and you know it gives you the great chance to create 
you know, this, this extended family whilst you're working. It gives you the opportunity to travel. It gives you a skill set that you can take anywhere worldwide. You learn to work as part of a team. You learn how to adapt through, through changes. And no career is actually is, is easy whatsoever. Yeah. Um, yeah. But if, if anyone's ever un, unsure in terms of uh, well, why, you know, why, why sort of to get get involved in in the sector, well, apart from what I've just said, and again, so we've got people that you know that work part part time. There's a lot of people who work in in our industry that were at uni, and then all of a sudden, then they go, actually, do you know what? I'm going to work work part time at the same time, and then they realise that actually they're they're degree in geography isn't actually what they want to do at all and make great contributions to our industry so yeah so I, I sidetrack there but I get I get so excited about the fact of I say for for the future and um, and what we can do like I say, I'm just looking at you know over, overall for hospitality just been in my blood since since I was a kid from grow, well growing up on a farm really so you quite like it then well, yeah, you know, I could say too. <laughs> could say in a. Uh, but do you know what makes me chuckle is the amount of people that go, oh, the early, you know, oh, you know, you might have to work an early morning or a late night. And I kind of think when I when I was growing up, I had a really happy little childhood, so I could, you can paint the picture of this little boy skipping along with his with his basket, collecting the eggs in the morning. <laughs> it's not just a fairy tale. Proper morning, Mrs. Truth. Brown. Morning. <laughs> I know. What? Proper, proper, like, <laughs> hello down the village. Yeah. Um, and, but, but, but getting up uh, early in the morning, as you'd hear clattering around downstairs, and so you never, you were, I was never the first person up because that meant that you had to, like, set the raven and you had to get, like, the heating switched on. So, so I, I never sort of clicked into that. But going out and about in my wellies and my uh, oh god, I just remember like my like my transformer pajamas and my bumblebee because um, I, I absolutely love bumblebee and I had like a the bumblebee um, uh, Wellingtons that I used used to wear and I'd go out and then and in the mornings it'd be like for milking the goats, milk the cows. I tried to get out of mucking out the pigs. I used to have to do that on the on some days and you'd you'd I'd go back in and my my first experience of hospitality was 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 family. And it's that yep. whole thing of, you know, yeah. that sort of that subtle, sweet smell of homemade, fresh bread. Well, I say the sweet smell on most days because I ne never forget on the odd occasion, there'd be this sort of waft of stale beer. And I'd be like, what, what is that smell? And I, I built up the confidence and I'd, I'd ask my mum. It's like, what, what's that that smell in the background? She's like, oh, don't say that to your granny. And I'm like, well, why, 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 why? And she's like, oh, it's where the dough's over fermented. And, she, and it's, so we, were, we always knew that when granny was in a bad mood, it was basically because she'd made the, the bread wrong in the, in the background and there was a funny smell in the house. But yeah, on, right. on the table, right. there'd be homemade jams. Uh, my granddad kept bees. So he made honey. And my, my mum and gran, granny used to, they were part of the WI. And uh, there was always these, like, I always remember on, on the table, these vintage style laced tablecloths. Um, and there was yeah. always like some yeah. random embroidered flower that, that someone from the WI had sort of put onto the flower. And it, and it was kind of like, you didn't spill anything onto the table. But it gave me a good sort of foundation in terms of for really sort of understanding in terms of sustainability, where sort of food came from. And I also remember as well, just sorry I digress, but I remember with the WI that um, there was always, like in 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 the house there, there was always cakes like forever. How how I wasn't a massive massive child I don't know because there was always cakes in the house. <laughs> 
they, they were always split into two categories. So there was the categories, which were the, the cakes that you were allowed to eat, which was basically anything that went wrong was fair game. But then anything that was in, there was like this, um, it's like an old biscuit tin, but anything that was in, 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 the, in the biscuit tin, that was, that was the special cakes. You, weren't, you were not allowed to touch them. On the odd occasion, you could peek and look at them, but they were the cakes that mum and gran would, would take all covered up off to the WI. Oh. And then it would be their really proud moment For judging. on the table. Like, look at what we have produced type thing. And, and I had just been, maybe that's why I like Calendar, why, why I like calendar Girls so much, the film. <laughs> yeah, it brought back stories and memories of your childhood. It does, yeah, t- totally. Yeah. Oh, and, uh, yeah. And I don't, I don't, know, I don't know about you, but when I, um, when I, when I was younger as well, I learned to drive. But on, on, and again, on my first driving lesson was on a tractor. Right. No, that that wasn't me. So I literally. Oh, really? No. Okay. <laughs> it's not. It's not many people's experience either. But I, re- I remember being be, being shown how how to use the tractor. And on your left foot, you've got the clutch, and on the right foot, you've got your brake. And the accelerator is like a little knobbly thing on the on the on the side, almost when I say knobbly thing, like an indicator, but it was the accelerator. So you sort of rev up the engine a bit. It was there were strict rules, which is which is so bad. And obviously, I'm 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 safe now, so child services need not get involved. <laughs> um, but but but, um, but with, me and my brothers, so we, we were shown it was like real clear rules. You never, ever get onto the tractor when there's nobody around. I feel uh, like this. So. So, so, so my, my brother and I, we, we, we got onto the tractor. And Mum and Dad, had, when I said they'd just pop down the road, it's like a couple of miles down before, you know, you're next door neighbour. So and we got onto the tractor and we were just sort of just driving around, driving around the field. And my brother had got off and... and because I'm, I'm like the, the middle child, I always feel like I, I was like never treated the same. But hey, hey, hey. I, don't think, I don't think my lesson was good enough. So, so he 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 jumped off, and then and I was like, you know, I, I can do this on my own. And then and then I was heading down towards the gate, and I'm pushing on my left foot, which I thought was the brake, but it wasn't. It's actually the, the clutch. clutch yeah. And I'm jumping up and down on the clutch, and the tractor wouldn't stop. And then and banged, it's like crashed straight through the gate. And I must have been going at about three miles an hour. So nothing crazy. Yeah. But in in that moment, it felt like I was a racing car driver and I'd just toppled over at Casa Donington or something because I <laughs> I, I literally and it was just I'll never forget. It, it was the crash in terms of with the gate. It went straight through and within seconds. It, I don't know where they came from. All the sheep just randomly just sort of came running past. It was literally like something out of a comedy sketch. And I was like, oh, my God. Now, the sensible thing to have done would have been to have ran down to the bottom and just to have shut the gate. Yeah. As in the other gate, yeah. the bottom of the driveway, to stop them from getting out and to herd them back in. But instead, because I knew I'd done something wrong. So I got my, my brother involved. and We pushed the tractor back up in the field. And then, and so, so it parked up because clearly no one would notice. Then we ran up to, and hid in the barn. But on the way to the barn, and I remember it so clearly, I stopped, got a foot up from my brother to get two apples from the tree just so we didn't go hungry. <laughs> and, then, and then we ran into the barn and hid. And then I heard literally when everyone came out, it was like, Simon, Andrew, 
where are you? Like, what are you doing? And we were just hidden in the, in, in the barn, absolutely petrified. And it was my first lesson in terms of, from, I think, from a management point of view, because my my dad and grand, grand, grandfather, they, they called out, what they were worried about was, were, were we okay? Right. And then and then they, they sat, sat us down and they basically just turned around and they said to us, look, we told you not to do this. And this is the reason why. Wasn't told off. It wasn't yelled at. wasn't screamed at. And then I had basically then within about 15 minutes, I had a, well, I would say 15 minutes after the sheep were put back in, I had a new lesson on basically mm. on how to how to use the tractor safely, which was then swiftly removed with a you will not actually do this ever again because you, and I didn't get back on because then I was like, well, I was still nervous. Yeah. But it yeah. the whole point around the fact that, you know what, sometimes people make mistakes. And actually, and that was an early on mistake. And I say it's a bit of a fun story now. But I've, I've used it through, throughout my career and throughout my life is that, you know, people make mistakes and, and yelling and screaming at people, that, 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 that doesn't solve anything. Whereas actually, let's, let's, let's find out what, what was the root cause of the problem and, and let's support someone to be able to make them better. Yeah. So it's kind of a, a nice sort of, happy ending at the end of that <laughs> yeah and what well, a massive life learning as you say that you then take forward with you you know if somebody tells you probably you're you're not ready to do that yet then maybe you take that on board a bit better than you'd had you did before you had that experience yeah absolutely and i think i think farm life in particular is is so anybody who's worked in like for agriculture and, and for within farm life is you it gives you a found a real clear foundation for like for community and culture because so everything that that I, I probably do and have done over my career the decisions sort of take me back to the those sort of farming principles which is to, to make make a good farm is you need to make sure you've got the animals you need to make sure you've got land and the environment you've got the actual farmer themselves and the community and you can link that into to any sort of business model so you kind of think right okay so the animals, if you like, would be your customers and guests in whatever environment. So you need to make sure you look after them. The land and the environment, well, that's your building. So make sure that you look after in terms of the actual buildings that you work in. Then you've actually got the farmer themselves, which, again, are the people who work for you. So our, our chefs, our concierges, our managers and looking after those people. And then the bit that never changes is around what we do within the community and and what we can and it's about doing stuff that's not for ourselves but it's the stuff that we do for other people and even you know so like during the whole sort of thing for covid is that the community stuff that i've, I've seen out there and you know and I, I saw there was a, a lovely tweet that was sent by um kathy from caterer.com which was it's it's you know it's it's not actually about what people tweet about what they've done it's because there are a lot of people who do a lot of things in the background but just just don't say anything and that are real unsung heroes yeah and, and i totally yeah. get that there are you know there, there's there's people out there who, who've done absolutely amazing jobs and i know with a lot of my colleagues in terms of with, with the work you know, there's loads and loads of stuff that, that people have done in terms of within the background and you know and the stuff that, that I've, I've i've now i sound like i'm talking about what i did but as in there's you know, there's loads of stuff that in terms of that's been done, you don't necessarily have to scream and shout about it because it's the, the it's the thought that counts. And actually, there's this there's there are so many people across our sector who really have pulled together and that real sense of collaboration, working together, and and it's absolutely fantastic. And on the flip side of that is what is really important and what I love is I I love watching um, webinars and looking at, at, at different different sort of seminars and, and people sharing. Like most recently now where people were talking about what they were going to do for pre-opening 
listening to what people have done now in terms of for opening and just sharing and it, it's that whole thing of which is for me is what we're, again another thing what hospitality is all about which is about being an alliance which isn't isn't looking at each other as competitors it's looking at each other as allies and learning from each other and looking at how how we can how, how we can better overall across for the industry yeah and i you know that that you know that that sort of takes about when i went when up again when i was younger i wasn't on a tractor at this point but i used to work in this um first place that i ever worked in was a little family-run restaurant called higgins in south wales and I absolutely loved working there. I never forget um, being inspired by the fact of so chef was whisking up the egg whites and then and then put the egg whites over the top of my head, but then they didn't fall out to <laughs> the roulade. And I was like, oh my word, this is so fancy. They're like they do roulades here. I mean, later in life, you know, it's a fancy Swiss roll. Um, yeah. But you know, so for and, and to be inspired in terms of with the actual the the cooking side of it, and then and for front of house of just how to give that great service making sure that for everything that you do and the, the guy that was one of the co-owners actually worked as an accountant and I was only about 16 and it's when I sort of uh, started at college and, and I remember I was working on a Saturday shift and I'd done in terms of my my washing up jobs I'd done in terms of what I need to do for front of house and he was like oh do you want me to, to show you some stuff with the books and basically of just really of starting to understand uh, financial modeling and being able to really understand that sort of type of stuff that what goes on in the background and making sure that, you know, you've got to set your margins right. And I remember his, his philosophy was that we could have the best chefs in the world, but unless we get people through the doors, and we've, we've got to make sure that we, that we watch the pennies to watch the pounds. And that doesn't mean in terms of uh, scrimping on ingredients, because you need to make sure if you're going to charge a high-end price that you've got high-end ingredients. Yep. Um, but at the mm-hmm. same time, it's making sure that you get it right for the customers and the business clients that you've got that come in and there's there's lots of places that i've worked in over the years where i've worked in one place where there was a drunk chef and his wife that basically just used to take it was just like, like it was like the uh, cinderella story where it's kind of like just takes the takes the money out of the till each each week and then they used to just you know pop off in in, in into town and it's no wonder that, that 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 business didn't survive because basically it was all of the work of the team that the the owners just came in basically just say just took the money out of the till and then and that was it however there's loads and loads of fantastic places out there that do a brilliant job and actually and that have survived and not only survived but also thrive and they're now reopened for business so we should go along and, and go and have dinner yeah oh, again i'm going back to the dating film i'm yeah. not sure what your wife's going to say about that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah no but you're right though i mean it, it, i think that the world is ready to go back out for for food and drink but in any case that's a whole different story but we kind of covered a little bit in the the first part of this chat but so take us back to your story so you're you've uh, farm life growing up you had early early career in um, in this restaurant. Where what happened next? Where did you go next? So I then well the, so after Higgins they gave me a nice sort of foundation. And I, I remember at the time being called the head waiter at sixteen. I thought oh, and I had this awful. It was uh, like a fruit bowl waistcoat that in my head I thought I looked really smart and really cool. When you when you look back, I will never share this with anybody, by the way. <laughs> Definitely not you. Maybe after a few drinks. But um but yeah, the the actual um 
the uniform and the way that you look was just crazy. Anyway, I, I digress on that. So yes, yeah, so I when I left there, I went and worked. I wanted to go and and explore working in terms of some different pubs. So I did that, and it was the the Punch House by name and by nature in terms of with the chef because that was the, that was the first place that I actually met an angry chef who was just really annoyed with life basically right. and just felt that yelling at everybody was clearly the way for the solution and really weirdly but I'd, I'd worked with him for about two or three shifts and nobody had ever stood up to him and I remember going into the kitchen and I'm like dude I just don't understand why you keep yelling I can hear what you're saying and literally within seconds he just he just changed and he was like oh and and, and I was like can you if all you need to do is just uh, you know just say table six away please I was like, it's, it's not going to hurt anybody and I remember afterwards I thought oh I'm going to get sacked I'm going to get sacked from here but actually is every time whenever I work with him I didn't have a problem whatsoever I'd come in onto shift and I'd hear him still yelling at other people but I was fine yeah. <laughs> so it was, I had, uh, it was a really sort of good similar experience actually in one of my earlier jobs first time I moved into to food and beverage on cruise ships and they had massive massive galley teams of um you know like 300 chefs in various different departments but my liaison point was always the premier sous chef and depending on who this person was dictated the mood of my day and that was it was a really quick learning for me as a as a as a youngin, I was 22 years old as I made my, my first move into to F&B, into F&B management as, a, as an assistant F&B manager. And I remember this guy who was a real imposing figure physically, but just the way he commanded himself. And, you know, he, he definitely ruled with an iron fist. But as soon as you kind of pushed back and asked why and kind of got through that I suppose that barrier that he was putting up, he's one of the nicest guys you'd ever meet. Uh, it was just because he'd be, I suppose, one, he's got a massive team to to look after, so that's that's pressure. Two, uh-huh. it was treat everybody exactly the same, you know, regardless. It's not a case of individual management styles for individual people. But also, the, I mean, the, the learning for me in that experience was huge. That was the first time that I can remember thinking, okay, you've got to stand up for yourself. So. In a weird way, he taught me a lesson by being the way that he was. No, I, I, absolutely, and and it's interesting. And again, sort of like, and throughout my career, I've come across lots and lots of different people. And and and, and as and as you sort of get older, you learn you, you learn in different ways on how to manage upwards, how to manage sidewards, and how, and how basically and just just different ways of communicating with people. And every, at every single point, it's always just about just being and remaining calm, but also having clear communication channels. And quite often, you know, and I, and I and it, sort of later on where, I, where I've worked in like for, for different places, that the that, that sometimes where, where I've had to deal with sort of like for conflict management is that there are that sometimes it's just a case of the well, I've asked someone to do something because that's the way that I do it. But actually that person might not quite understand the task in full, might not be sure. But then if they're too scared to then ask again, then nothing's ever going to get done. Whereas actually just to be really clear about what it is that we're asking for somebody to do. And then all of a sudden it's kind of like, oh, actually, yeah, that that, that makes sense. That that makes per- perfect sense to me. Yeah. And yeah, lots and lots of the, over the years, the different places. So if I worked in a number of different hotels bars restaurants and i'll tell you the one thing that i that i always sort of struggled with was always just remembering different items on the menu and especially set up when you were for, for taking orders 
and for specials and being out and for, for describing. And I don't, I don't know in terms of for, for why or what came across, but some, someone taught me, it was, as in a way, way to remember something is like for creating just triggers in your mind. So you basically, is the, when they sort of did the, the debrief and they went through, so it might be that they're explaining the wine of the day or the dish of the day or whatever it happened to be. And then obviously you have to go and you know explain that to different people. But the, the, this guy that was training it used to, he'd talk to you about, so if it was the, the, the fish of the day, we'd be, all of us would be stood by the window while we were talking about the fish of the day. Then all of a sudden you'd like walk over to the fireplace and then we'd start talking about a, a different dish that's on the specials board. But then when, I'm stood, when you're stood at the table, your mind straight away takes you to the window, which brings, ignites that part of your memory of what someone told you when you were stood by the window. Mm. And then you then also go to the fire pit. It was very strange, but it's, it's worked really, really well in terms of just creating different different triggers in, in your memory. And I suppose it's, it's quite logical, isn't it? Because when you think about that age old thing of, right, where have I put my keys? Where are they? Yeah. <laughs> and you, you just retrace your memories throughout your house as to where, where is everything. And again, no, no different in terms of memory recall throughout throughout stuff. And again, just, just a... You know, there's loads of people that um that I've I've worked with over the years that have used that as a technique and it's really helped them just to remember a variety of different things and again just in different ways mm. and so yeah so so going going back to to my my lifelong history yeah I've, yeah like I said, I've worked in a number of, of um, say different bars restaurants so worked my way up to GM at quite a young age and I've worked in learning and development I've worked in cocktail bars boutique hotels, restaurants. But when I was at uni, I did a load of bank work because I I moved from South Wales to Nottingham to study and I did an international business hospitality course. And it it was was like, well, this is a long old course. But I've always been that type of person that I've worked full time whilst I was studying as well, looking at like the pathways that are available now in terms of like things like for degree apprenticeships and stuff like that. You kind of think, actually, do you know what? That probably would have been a better route for me because actually I ended up working alongside doing it anyway. Mm. What I learned in terms of for the academic side of it was it was really interesting because just it just so happened to be right place, right time. And the places that I was working, I could work on different projects. So the cocktail bar that I was working at the time we're doing a relaunch in terms of with their induction program, which then that was part in terms of with my course was around HR and inductions. So I got to work with the L&D team there to create the, the induction program for the organisation, whilst also doing it in terms of as part of, part of my studying, which meant that I could embed the two. And then throughout the years as well, I've, I've, I've always like picked up different bank work, and that's more a case of for being nosy and just going back to the fact I just like the social side of it. So, it's, I mean, to be fair, I haven't, I haven't done it now for a couple of years, but it's something I'll definitely do again in terms of for in, in the future around the fact of, you know, sort of like when you go on to the, the different apps and what have you or and with different recruitment agencies where you can say, you know, they want someone to come and help in terms of with a function because it's important to stay in touch and to keep up to date with what's going on in the industry for as, as you go along. And I think that's that's a... A, a great message actually especially for for the the job that you do you know where you're i suppose a lot of the training that you deliver is practical as well as theoretical but actually to be able to stand in front of people and deliver training in whatever form having been there but not just been there 15 years ago but you know been there now and seen what what happens i can imagine that's quite powerful 
Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, even the within within most recent sort of times over over the last sort of couple of months, well, it was as soon as well, it was actually before lockdown had even started. The, as an organisation that we were really conscious and uh, you know and I led it in terms of with my teams, which is around the fact of making sure that every, all of our own staff have also completed their own prevention and uh, and control of infection so that they can understand in terms of and again for the new world for the teams we can make sure that everyone's got five days every year as a minimum where they can go going back into industry we actively encourage people in terms of the fact and again for going back into into industry and to make sure and again so that they're up to date so when we call someone an expert it's it, it's it's a true light in terms of the fact that these guys are experts and making sure that they do keep up to date with everything that's going on and the trends across the industry so it's and and that's something that you know that, that we all do across the organization on a regular basis like I say, I'm, I'm, re, I'm currently um, looking at additional mental health programs that we've done. So we did one a couple of years ago, and now it's just in terms of like from a refresher and a top up in terms of for on that. Yes, in terms of mental health is something that's at, at the moment is something that's being brought and heightened even more with with people, and and understandably because it's a huge challenge in terms of for for today with people. But and I, luckily, I'm going to say for as, as an organisation, that's something that we heavily support. There's lots of support groups out there for likes of hospitality action. We run a um, mental health. We've got mental health first aiders. We we run a number of like I say different mental health programs, which are aimed in terms of and again for people for hospitality, so we can support in certain areas. But keeping up to date, like I say for everything that's going on across the industry is. That also then links back to making sure, so looking at, so COVID-19, industry changes, and we can look at it as this is a challenge, but then also look at it in terms of for the opportunities. It's, it's you know, it's been a perfect opportunity for a number of organisations to rebrand themselves. And I find, I find it fascinating when you look at the different things that, that people are doing. So you look at like Agna Asthma Handling in terms of with the frog and that they've recently brought out in terms of new design restaurant, new menu, um, new world. This 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 yep. is us in terms of moving forward. Nice, nice bold statements of this, this is what we can do. Sticky Warner, uh, that uh, um, I've been trying to actually to order some food and finally I'm like, so I'm really looking forward to this. So where there is a whole takeaway package and this, send the food over to you it can be anywhere across the uk and but it's it's not actually it's not actually cooked so it's sent in terms of within the raw ingredients then you, you you watch the video and you actually cook along in terms of for, for with the chef brilliant idea great in, in terms of overall as an experience and and, and then you you know that's that's all the, the positive stuff and then like i say and then then you look at the, the flip side of it like we say around with you know people are being made redundancy so hence looking at right wall what what small part can we play in terms of with looking at redundancy support programs and and, mm. and linking up people for example so if someone might be made redundant in terms of one job role we look at in terms of marrying up and pairing up with other organisations that actually might be seeing a spike in terms of within growth and just yeah looking in terms of overall for the collaboration for for working together yeah well not not sitting still basically and adapting to what's in front of you you know if you were still running the same training programs that as you were five years ago you'd you'd, you'd already be left behind right yeah absolutely and, and it's important that we that from, from a training point of view the, that we keep people safe and we need we, we need to make sure that we follow the guidance that's set out in terms of by each 
establishment. The, the great thing is, is that we've got a fantastic platform where we can use for online and look at resort changing. And I, I think six, six to 12 months ago, I'd have been the first person that would have turned around and said, oh, no, you know, to, to get a really interactive workshop together, you need to get everybody together in a room. Whereas what, what we've been forced into and what this has proven is that we, you can do an interactive online workshop and do it well, but actually we can still do it via forums such as Zoom. And I'm really proud of like for the people that I work with, that the skill sets that we've that we've that we've found in terms of within people and additional skills that you, you well that I definitely hadn't seen in the full light in the past. That actually is that their skills in terms of for engaging small groups of people on an interactive online workshop you know it's, it's not it's not a video that someone just goes on and clicks to watch it's real people that that really keep everybody engaged and switched on and you really you know read the feedback afterwards and it makes me really really proud and i say of, of all of the people yeah i'm terrible yeah. whenever i do any training as you can imagine because I, I waffle off and, and chat away <laughs> like a rat but but the, but that's why you know you know we, we've got fantastic people and i've got all the fantastic people that i work with that do an amazing job and you know and and you know these are the the people that we work with you know we make sure that they have input in terms of for what things should look like it's, it's not dictatorial it's making sure that it's a full 360 degree feedback taking feedback in terms of from people once they've attended what do we need to tweak what do we need to change so exactly the same as what you said just now something that we were that we started when we were delivering it three months ago is very different to what we're delivering now yeah. but and again you know maintaining in terms of from a, a consistency point of view is it doesn't it doesn't matter if if somebody's training in Cornwall London Newcastle or wherever it happens to be that we've got a fantastic team that makes sure that there is the consistency from a delivery point of view. So, yeah, it makes me really proud of my little farming family. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. How did you get into L&D in the first place? Well, I kind of, I kind of fell in it, into it, to be fair. It was it's something that I've always been interested in in terms of training and development. And it was modules that I was really interested in doing in terms of with my uni work. And then it just so happened to be that at the time when I was working in the cocktail bar that I sort of slipped into actually for coaching, training and developing people. Um, and before that, I suppose what's the first step is that I was I was always the person that if somebody new started, it was like, Simon, can, can they shadow you to show them how to do it right? And then and, and it's sort of skills that I then learned and then sort of went on a few sort of like internal courses and learning. And again, but I think it's yeah, so learning how to coach, mentor and to develop people. But then I found it was something that I really enjoyed. And I got so I've got so much job satisfaction out of it. So as I sort of went through my career, I, I sort of went down that a combination of an operational and an L&D hybrid, like a hybrid role um, yep. for quite a while. So, again, because I didn't really want to step outside operations, but I didn't want to step outside L&D. And at one point I had to then make a decision. And it was around about the time, actually, and I, I worked for a coffee brand at the time. And it was, it was years, it's about 12 odd years ago now, since when I started at HIT. And I'd worked for a coffee brand and I was working as a national trainer within the, the L&D team. And it's, it was around about the time when the recession had hit and the job role that I'd applied for no longer existed. And then I... I've always worked with people that I like and that I get on with. I, I will never, I've never worked with or gone into any, any sort of workplace 
that I, I, I would research in terms of the background, look at in terms of for, for their history. And then I ended ended up sort of um, stepping into working with and with uh, the guys at a hit, which they hadn't hadn't been open in terms of for for very long. But the the history and the, the reputation in terms of and people who I knew that had joined in terms of for for hit opening, I was like this this is something that I want to be part of. And a, and a big thing for me was around that was it's like being part of a journey and. Throughout the years, there's a number in terms of, and I've learned so much, and again from some really talented people over the years. And in about sometimes it's it's the biggest learning curve is just making sure you know you n- you never know everything. It's okay to ask for help, and learning from other people around different ways of doing different things. You know, my way is not the highway. Actually, listening, getting collaborative feedback. And, and over the years, that, that has then also then led me into from learning and development in the industry within um, brands and organisations to looking at it from a qualification point of view and looking at actually for, for meeting um, and sort of going into that from an educational point. Yeah. When I did my um, PGCE, part of that, so your, your certificate for education, I did a, a literacy specialism because I was thinking, oh, I could, you know, in the future, maybe... When I'm sort of in my mid fifties, I might want to be an English teacher, and actually that that also helped me learn a load of different things as well um, from a, a, a different spectrum. But I, I I do quite like learning new things just randomly. I'm a bit a bit I want, I want to say a bit a bit weird. I'm I, I, I'm I'm definitely not a computer finisher type person. I like to to pick something up, and if if I like it, I'll carry on doing it. But I'm not afraid to try something. Oh, we're we're exactly the same. Yes. So it's it's one of those. So I'm 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 I've recently started to learn to play golf, and it's a couple of my friends that that play. It's definitely fear of missing out because I'm like, oh well, why why they're all off in the sunshine, and in my head, I'm like, right. Number one, I get to get dressed up because it, it look the outfits look cool. <laughs> Number two, quite like the idea of you know sort of like for for being out you know on a nice hot summer's day, relaxing, having having a wander around you know enjoying the fresh air. Turns out golf is a little bit harder than I thought. No, <laughs> it's it's not just a case of just whack the ball and get on with it. There's there's actually skills and, and precision that go with it. Um, but yeah, I've, I've had I've had a couple of lessons with that, and that that's quite, that's quite nice. It's um, the um, it's I the also... greatest and worst game that exists <laughs> because you can have. I've I played. I was brought up on an island, and um, the uh, there wasn't a lot to do there apart from water sports and golf. So I I picked golf at that time and became quite good. But there's not a game like it that can absolutely destroy your confidence for 98% of the time that you're there. <laughs> but that, that 2% is what you cling on to because maybe you just hit the best shot that you've ever hit in your life. And that's what you remember going into the next round. Do you remember that one time that I actually, I, I actually, I mean, for me, it's the one time I actually hit the ball. Yeah, <laughs> I still dine out on uh, on one particular shot that I was grateful that I had two people with me at the time when uh, when I, I played it. I, I chipped in from about uh, about ninety yards. I'm sure that probably gets a bit longer every time I I talk I, I talk <laughs> about the story, but it's it's a real moment of joy because. We all let off this um, this massive cheer, which culminated in breaking the rules of the course because you know you're supposed to stay quiet while you're on course, 
but nevertheless, the people who were on the tees around us at the time turned around and they started clapping and, and all of that sort of thing. And it was like, wow, I'm, it's like I'm playing a major here. Oh, my. Well, I did not realise that you were a, a future Tiger Woods in the main. Oh, I'm certainly not. <laughs> um, tell, what about this, um, these water sports then? What, what made you... I mean, I'm looking out, out the window now and it's pouring down with rain, which now I'm really intrigued with. Why, why did you not do any of the water sports? Oh, no, I, I did. I just didn't have a, a great affinity with it because basically the water sports were centric around the sea. And we're not talking about Caribbean waters here. We're talking about the west coast of Scotland, Atlantic water, which carries a very different temperature. Tyree was the island that I grew up on, and it was a big windsurfing island. And I just, it's just a sport I could never connect with. I just didn't get on with it. I don't think I had the upper body strength for one to to really command the sail in the the gale force winds. And maybe if I'd have persisted, then maybe I'd have got there. But it was just, like you said, it was one of those things oh yeah, it's shiny and new. I'm going to try it. Okay, I don't immediately like it. I'm not going to do any more. Yeah, maybe we should both just stick to a jet ski or even better, just sit on the boat with a, a, glass, a, of a glass of gin or a glass <laughs> of bubbles and then we'll be like, we'll be, we'll be okay. That's more like I t- I t- it. I'll stick with that. Yeah. I'll stick with that one. Yep. <laughs> I tell t- you something that I, do, the, that, I ha- that I did enjoy and I, I did, did it uh, last summer, uh, which was... Indoor rock climbing and bouldering, right? And I, I just just to to get the the chalk on your hands and you rub it and then you you learn how to do. There's a proper name for the knots. Don't worry, we're not about to go back up climbing <laughs> anytime soon. So, yeah, I slipped in and slipped out a bit, but it was it was such good fun. But I remember so that so I, I did it for a few days, and then my upper body and my arms were just absolutely killing and I was like how can this be so hard and you follow the so you've got like your red path your green path your yellow path and all the other colors in the rainbow um and then they were like so the different colors represent how hard the course is so you start off on the easy one and I was like oh this will be fine I only got to like the second stage and I'm like I'm stuck here I've got no idea (laughs) so I've, I've got total respect for when I watch Tom Cruise in Mission Impossible and he's climbing up the climbing up a mountain without any apparatus and he's literally just sticking the fork into into the wall and and doing it freestyle or anybody that does that you can't just say that it's that again it's 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 a tricky thing yeah. um, and I think that's the same with a lot a lot of sports isn't it is that there's there's some real good it's that those things that you know we 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 all, we all like to play different things at the weekend, but we've got to be honest with ourselves that we're never going to play for England. <laughs> yep, that, that's absolutely fair. I can't even... How did we even get onto this? This is... Uh, this, no idea. This sums me up completely. I'm so good at just drifting off into co- to conversations that, that I like the sound of. It's exactly the same principle. Oh, that sounds like a shiny new conversation. Let's go there. And then five minutes later, you go, well, that's a bit off topic, isn't it? But nevertheless... <laughs> It is what it is. It's like, where did, where, where did we come, where, yeah, where, where did we go from and, and come to? But when, when you speak about, yeah, for, for drinking wine, I, the, the next time that we meet up, we definitely need to try. Have you ever tried the 19 Crimes wine? Uh, I have. I, I've, I've tried, I think they've got a Chardonnay, which is lovely, as I recall, if I'm thinking about the same, the same uh, brand. But anyway, it feels yeah, like so you have a story. I do, yeah. So, did you know that when you, so if you get on your phone, if you get, uh, there's, you can download the 19 Crimes app. I'm, I, do, I don't work for them, but I just love this. 
And then, and on the bottle, the 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 label sort of like it looks, it's got that sort of burnt effect. But on the on each bottle, there's a picture of a criminal. And some and somebody showed me this the other week. And basically, on, if you download the app for 19 Crimes and you hover over, it's like a QAR code type thing. I promise you, I wasn't drunk when I did this. It is a true thing. But the person on the bottle starts talking to you, not really the bottle. Are you sure yeah, no about problem. that, Simon? <laughs> yeah, no, honestly. Don't, 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 don't make me feel like, like a, uh, some drunken slosher. So the person on the bottle, then they tell you their story about, it, it's sort of like, it's like, uh, back in 1903, I was sent to prison because of whatever it was. And then they tell you all these stories. I can't do deep, croaky voices. I was going to say, I've so, never heard you sound so manly. <laughs> Why, thank you. <laughs> I, I'll, <laughs> excuse me, I'll, I'll, I'll come back to normal now. <laughs> but yeah, that, that's cool. And there, there might be the odd sommelier that, that will listen to this and they'll go, no, 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 that, that's not a fine wine. It's definitely, it's it's all right for a Wednesday. Absolutely. It's fine for the weekend. Time and a place. And um, a great conversational piece, definitely. And again, I'm not entirely sure how I got onto that one either. <laughs> yeah, well, we're uh, wine. Uh, wine is hospitality. That's fine. It's close enough. so i get the sense that you're still quite hands-on in the uh the training side of things you still lead classes and and things like that yes i mean yeah so we all we'll dip in in terms of for, for doing different parts i mean to be honest i spend most of my time now looking at at working with our business partners on what we need to do in the background but anything that needs needs to be delivered then we then absolutely, then I'll 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 step in when whenever I'm invited. I've got to be honest. There's a lot of people that work in our organisation who are way better trainers than I am, and they are you know that are absolutely fantastic. And I'm not I'm not embarrassed to say that because it's part of working as as a team. Yep. And and it's making sure we've got the right people doing the right jobs at the right time. And and I you know I I absolutely love the fact of that. I get to sit in on and to deliver still some workshops every now and then. Um, and again, when it's befitting and, and appropriate in terms of for, for anything that's needed across the business, but more so in terms, like I say, for, for t- talking to our, our business partners and, and really sort of just looking at in terms of for what are the local needs and making sure that we can have consistency in terms of for across the organization while still making sure that we're individual to that person and that, that, that's pretty much the the outline of it and i mean you know and fingers crossed between you and i and maybe the odd person that's having a listen in the background <laughs> that there are i think my job's quite easy to be fair <laughs> because it's, it's two angles really it's you know as long as i look after the people that i work with and you know we've got good communication and we work together we deliver a fantastic product. Also, and then, and then the other side of the stream to, to, to my job role is, is about is communicating effectively in terms of with our business partners and working closely with those and meeting their needs. So unless actually my boss is listening at the moment, in which case the job is extremely difficult, extremely hard, extremely high pressure, and I should have a pay rise. Yeah, <laughs> of course, of course. I'm Thank not, you I'm... very much. If you'd, like, if you'd like to make sure that bit is definitely in there, that'll be fab. <laughs> Great, yeah, no, consider it done. Now I'm getting a sense of why I've had this feeling about you that you seem to know everyone and are everywhere. I, d- I remember a time 
not long after you and I met for the first time, which was around the uh, springboard pantomime, mm-hmm. I think I went to two networking events in a row and literally at five minutes into the, the conversation of whoever I was talking to, I get a tap on the shoulder, turn around and it's you. And I'm thinking, God, you, you, you with the best will in the world, you, you do get around. <laughs> what, what i'm loving is if anyone skipped through the podcast and they've just got to this <laughs> point they're like who is this person that's getting around the industry now absolutely and do you know what i love people and i like being around people and the one of the biggest challenges for me with lockdown was i'm so used to and you'll know this is that i you know i i see somebody you know i, I meet with you big hug you know how are you I, I like being around people. Yeah. Um, I like learning about what, what different people are doing and the, the networking events and the, diff- the different sort of events that, that go on across the industry. Love going to those types of things because it's it's not about selling anything. It's about learning from other people, listening to what other people have got to say, finding out what, what other people are, are struggling with, helps out in terms of a business point of view. And then along, along the way, yeah, absolutely, you know, you end up, you meet, meet a variety of people and, and quite often you know, people will, will come up to me or most recently over the last couple of months where people will contact me online and they'll say, you know, we, we, we see what, what you're at, what you're doing we see what you're about let's have a conversation on how, how can how can we work together to to improve our business and, and it's that whole thing about really of, again about working in collaboration working in partnership and, and also that of just making sure that it's it's the the whole thing around that in not just in training but ac- across the sector what I, what I love is if, if you look at in terms of and you've, you've got 10 different hotels is you know that the, the they all, all, and they're all five-star luxury hotels. Each hotel is still trying is trying to bring, bring people into the market, but they still share ideas, still share concepts. And it's exactly the same in terms of for across the industry. Mm. It's so important to listen and to learn in terms of for what, what other, other people are doing, what's actually going on out there. We're quite lucky in terms of for across across HIP because as a market leader, we sort of tend, tend to lead the way on what what. I, I get great pleasure out of seeing um, competitors that then do or, or that then follow suit as we're doing some of the things that we do because it means that it's the right thing to do in terms of for across the industry. Yeah. Um, and, that, and that's just great to see. So, yeah, like I say, I, I absolutely love in terms of, like I say, for, for going out and about meet, meeting people and, and just learning, like I say, about on, on every, every single day. And my motto is, is that a good day is a day that, you know, if you smile more than sort of three or four times, you know, you, you need to be able to smile every single day. And being around people does that for me. And I'm in a, a very good, say, very good place now. So I, I sort of struggled at the beginning, for, say, for, with, with COVID-19, for everybody being on lockdown, um, in, in a house on my own. I was a bit like, oh, this, this, this is difficult. But then looking at some different projects that I did in terms of reaching out with some charities and looking in terms of for helping other people, is that actually that there's a different way of, of getting that communication out there and actually and, and, and working with, with different people and actually and you know you, you're, you're never on your own and it, if you just keep your your outlook on life just needs to be it's just looking at things for positive but never being afraid to be honest about the fact that we all struggle with something yeah. um, and it's just being honest and to be able to talk about it and so um, the people people that I work with and work alongside 
I've, I've always worked with people, my, you know, the, the people that become your friends, your friends become your family. And, and that, that's what I'm lucky to have in terms of within, I've had, well, I've had throughout my working career that the people that I've worked with and along the way, the people that I've met outside of that, you know, people like, you know, your great self and other people that we've met like from doing projects like, like getting involved with the Panto uh, for Springboard. That was all about taking myself out of, out of my comfort zone and just doing something that was just totally different and, and, a, and, a, and a great buzz. But what I love about projects, giving up your time to do stuff like that, is that there's every single, so just using that, that as, 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 the, as, as an example, every single person, every single year that we've done the, that we've, that we've done that to the Panto is that it doesn't matter in terms of what, what your job title is, what position you're in. Everybody auditions beforehand. Everybody's nervous before they go on stage to do something. And, it, and that's what hospitality is about, it's about working collectively as a team. And I absolutely love that. And not then also to mention the fact that you get to do stuff like that, which is for a great cause, get to raise money for for, um, for different charities. And in that case, you know, it's a, a project that, that we're basically was to raise money for the wonderful guys and the work they do at Springboard. It's, it's, it's just, yes, yeah, that real sense of, of the buzz of, a, of different things that you can do. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. I, that whole experience around the pantomime is, uh, is, is a life-changing experience, but it is it stems with the desire and will to do something good, and I think the, the there's a there's been a lot of that's happened in the last last few months. You don't have to look very hard to find it. It might not be reported in the mainstream press, but it's definitely out there very easily across any other channel. But yeah, that pantomime is um, is just a great example of the the good that can happen when when good people get together to collaborate on something, and are willing to put themselves out there. And you know to be shot at, basically. Yeah, ab- absolutely, and and not be and 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 part of, of that, and and I think is is around is you know we're we're all vulnerable, and actually, and just laying out on a slate, you know, this 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 is me, or this is us, and you know, and not not being afraid to push and sort of challenge ourselves. That that works well for everybody in terms of for business, and you look at you know across across the sector there's loads of like great mentors out there and lots and lots of like brilliant people like our, our gaffer here um for jill is some of the, some of the ideas and the the, the, the stuff that, that we're that we're allowed to or when i say allowed that we sort of take 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 to her and then she'll go okay right yeah we can do that and and how and how is that gonna and all the time it's like how's that gonna affect the industry how, how can we make an impact on the industry how can we make the industry better with what we do mm. and and just looking at different things like that and and, and like i say and you, and you go on and you know I, and i listen to some really inspiring people there was a th- um, one thing the other week with john dawson uh, from the mandarin oriental and just listening to some of the things that he'd been doing with the team during lockdown and just you know just just some really inspirational ideas and i think that you know as, as for, for me is i i i will never ever pretend to know everything but I will always, you know, I've always, I've got, I've got a big set of lug holes. So I'll sit there and I'll listen to what's going on in the background, and then I'm quite, you know, and and then also share those experiences with other people and share in terms of like for, for what you know, good ideas, di- different concepts, different ways to be able to to build. And it's and even now, in more more so than ever, about rebuilding the industry and and re get getting the whole of the sector back back onto its feet. That's not just one pub in one local area or one restaurant in one part of London. That's that's literally the whole of the industry working together to rebuild the the new foundations of what we look like for the future, yeah. which is 
really, really exciting. I mean, who, you know, who knew that we'd be able to go to work wearing like a, a mask and some sort of and a chain and think of the designs that we can have. And, uh, and I've seen people which are wearing the, you know, the, the mask that you've got, which um, I think of it's, it's when someone sets up a chainsaw and they put their headphones on and they're, they're um, like a visor type masks. You've seen that, yeah, yeah, some yeah. of those. Yeah. There's, 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 you know, there's, there's all sorts of for, for different things, you know, and you can, you can pimp, you can definitely pimp your mask and, and pimp it all up so it can be, you know, as, as, as classy as you want. But the, you know, the key thing is, is that everybody's safe and everybody feels safe. And yeah, and in, and in the meantime, to be able to do that. you can, uh, you can still have the odd day of working from home in your bumblebee pajamas. Yes, I can. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear! Yeah. You know we, we've gone that far beyond this now. I'd actually forgotten I said that. <laughs> yeah. So I, I make notes while we're uh, while we're talking, so I, I can always I come back. I may regret that. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's cool. I'm very conscious of time, and I, uh, I much I really appreciate you giving us uh, this time. I'm going to wrap this up now. How could people get in touch with you if they want to learn more about uh, hit training? And we're not talking about high intensity interval training like i'd made the mistake before if they want to learn about you or your company what's the best method for them to to get in touch uh through our usual socials you can go to hittraining.co.uk um and all of the information is on there so we've got our direct sort of contact lines our twitter is at hittraining um, and again, people, you know, you can see in terms of what we're doing in terms of on, on, on social media through that and to be able to get in touch. And then anybody who who wants to, to get get in touch and say that's the best platform to come through. And then and then either myself or we've got a, a whole team in terms of our relationship management team that will pick it up. So if, if for any reason, if I'm uh, if I'm drinking my 19 crimes and the bottle's talking to me, don't <laughs> worry. So someone with a sane head will, will, will pick up the line to you and, and pass you on to the right person. Uh, for up, up and down the country and you can also get hold of us on our 0800 number which is 0800 093 5892 and we'll make sure that you're directed to the right person for any inquiries around sort of for all the different programs that we do across hit training fantastic and uh, i just want to say thank you ever so much for i've really enjoyed this afternoon really appreciate this mate really Great. nice oh no you're, you're very kind i think the one of the things that uh, the objectives when i set this up was to to try and tell the stories of as wide a variety of roles as possible, roles and humans, of course, because I think, you know, as it comes back to the the early part of our conversation was was around the perception outside of the industry is X, Y, Z, which is so far removed from truth. And I think one of the major mm-hmm. points of this industry for me is is the variety of opportunity that's available. And so that's why I just wanted to tell the stories of, of as wide a variety as possible and and training has a massive part to play in in all of that so i i really appreciate you coming on the show for a chat um, you're more than welcome and lo- lovely to hear from you now and i look forward to seeing you for a nice cool beer or a glass of wine it's got to be the 19 crimes hot. we've we've got to i, I need <laughs> to to do this app now we should do 19 crimes in 19 days now yeah i'm now also that, going that, to that, that, um I'm going to I'm going to approach them now for sponsorship money for this episode as well so yeah. <laughs> to blame me. Oh Phil it's been a pleasure. Thanks ever so much buddy. You're very welcome. Thank you. Take care and we'll speak soon. See you mate. Bye. Cheers. Bye. And there we have it. It's clear that Simon is doing what he was born to do, imparting all that energy onto others through training and development. Nice work Simon. 
Don't forget, we launch a brand new episode each week, so hit that subscribe button and give us a like and a share where you can. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next week.